Hi, this is Mo Oster, MISNY's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. This week saw the official end of the public health emergency caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. A welcome day after the enormous struggles we have all faced over the last few years, including our overburdened health care Many physicians have asked questions about what this means for one of the most profound developments to our healthcare system as a result of the pandemic, the huge rise in the use of telehealth to deliver patient care. MISNI staff has developed a summary of relevant state and federal insurance telehealth coverage provisions that survive the end of the public health emergency. You can find a link to that summary on MISNI's website and in today's MISNI Pulse. Importantly, Several years ago, New York enacted a law to require insurance coverage by state-regulated plans and Medicaid for telehealth-delivered services. And last year, MISNI, working together with other specialty societies, successfully advocated for a law requiring these services to be paid at the same rates as comparable in-person services. That law expires in April 2024, but MISNI is working with allies to pass legislation to extend or permanentize this important provision. For Medicare, last December, Congress passed provisions to extend many of the telehealth coverage flexibilities through the end of 2024, including provisions which enable Medicare enrollees to have coverage for telehealth delivered services anywhere, not just those living in rural areas. Furthermore, the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration and Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration announced this week a temporary rule to extend telehealth flexibilities past the May 11th end of the public health emergency. Importantly, this temporary rule extends through November 11th the full set of telemedicine flexibilities regarding prescription of controlled substances. And for any physician-patient telemedicine relationships established on or before November 11th, the rule extends the full set of telemedicine flexibilities regarding prescription of controlled medications for an additional year through November 11th, 2024. However, with the end of the public health emergency, some are seeking to permanentize temporary expansions of scope of practice that were the purpose of addressing the public health crisis we are facing. For example, the Physician Assistance Lobby is looking to pass legislation in Albany to permanently eliminate any physician supervision requirements that are imposed on them by statute. Please go to MISNI's grassroots action site to send a letter in opposition to this proposal. In the most recently enacted state budget enacted last week, the legislature rejected similar proposals that would have granted PAs this independence, despite various studies that show that patients prefer to have a physician involved in their treatment and the significant increase in costs of care when physicians are removed from overseeing the care team. There is also a litany of other scope expansion proposals under consideration as we head towards the end of the legislative session. From MISNI's grassroots site, you can also send a letter opposing a bill that would expand the scope of psychologists by granting them broad prescription privilege. Other bills under consideration include those that would permit podiatrists to treat up to the knee, permit PAs to perform fluoroscopy with inadequate physician supervision, and removing important oversight of the services of nurse anesthetists. Perhaps of greatest concern 
as we head into the final four weeks of the legislative session is the return of legislation that would exponentially expand damages awardable in wrongful death lawsuits. The ink was barely dry on the printing of the state budget bills last week when the sponsors of last year's vetoed bill announced that they were seeking to pass a quote-unquote revised Grieving Families Act that for all practical purposes is the same one that was thankfully vetoed by Governor Hochul last January. While the sponsors of the new bill say the new bill purports to respond to the governor's veto, in fact, it does not. Governor Hochul identified several reasons for vetoing the earlier bill, including that it would increase already high insurance burdens on families and small businesses and further strain already distressed healthcare workers and institutions, which would be particularly challenging for struggling hospitals in underserved communities. Furthermore, the governor articulated concerns that the bill passed without a serious evaluation of the impact of these massive changes on the economy, small businesses, individuals, and the state's complex health care system. And this week, the Association of Towns, the Association of Counties, and the New York Conference of Mayors submitted a letter to the legislature all reiterating these points about the need for a serious financial evaluation of the impact of this bill. The new bill does not address these concerns. It would continue to enable the awards of new categories of damages that multiple actuarial studies show will lead to a nearly 40% growth in liability costs, which would be on top of the already unaffordable costs facing our physicians. We just completed a budget cycle where significant new funding was provided to help provide some stability for our challenged community health care providers, particularly those providing needed care in our underserved areas. Yet this new legislation would undermine the positive steps the legislature has taken to protect access to care. Please look to today's Pulse and Monday's Insider for how you can contact your legislators to urge that any legislation to update New York's wrongful death law be balanced to also address the extraordinary medical liability costs that we face in our state. Turning to upcoming CME, please put on your calendars Wednesday, May 17th at 7.30 a.m., for the next MISNI Medical Matters program, the lasting mental health impacts of COVID on children and adolescents. And please remember that MISNI has also developed an updated series of three one-hour CME webinars on pain management, palliative care, and addiction to help physicians meet their pain management coursework requirement, which is due this year by July 1st. It is available at MISNI's CME site, cme.misney.org and is free for MISNI members. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for your commitment to MISNI and your county medical system. We will speak again next week.